This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The polls are off and running. And Dan and Jason Bernstein are here to keep you up to date with the stampede. You're listening to Organizations Win Championships. But you mentioned that last Wednesday, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley joined us, the Bernstein and Holmes show on the score with Layla Rahimi in our Blue Cross Blue Shield performance stage. And they sat down in front of a live audience and answered a bunch of questions. And there was no, nothing predetermined. They didn't say anything was necessarily off limits. They it, it was, We got to know them a little bit, and we talked a lot about their individual histories in the game. And people people don't realize that AK's got an incredible story. Good he, player. He, he was a, not only a good player, he was the first player from the then Soviet Union to enroll at a U.S. college. Mm. That's that's a that's it's a, a huge big thing. Yes, yeah, he's he's like Lithuanian basketball royalty on that great '92 team. And you know, Mark Eversley told his story about being born in England and growing up England, in Canada yeah. and yeah. and and his relationship to the game. So I, I want to start with because I did this is important to me, and I think for listeners of this podcast who know that what why we call it organizations win championships you know we mentioned it at the outset in our debut it's just sort of a wink to the famous jerry Krause line where it was widely taken out of context for years and used as motivation that somehow jerry Krause didn't appreciate the players enough when of course i believe that he did and he just knew that it took a lot to win titles across the board in an organization from ownership uh, on all the way down to the last guy on the roster so I wanted to hear from each of these guys running the Bulls what it means for them to walk by the trophies every day in their offices and to understand what the goal is. Here's what AK said. We make adjustments, we adapt, adjust, go to the next year. And I think coming to that building and seeing those six championships, I think it's some type of like kind of, you know, expectations and pressure. At the same time, we asking this group right now that is an advocate center is like, look, we have an opportunity now to build our own legacy and shape our future, and and that's what you know everyone in that building thinking it's it's all about winning. I think that's every- that that's a good quote. I think that's a good answer to to that kind of question and. From a fan's perspective, we always say, well, they should be doing this. They should be they should be doing that, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, they are doing a way better job than we would ever be doing at this. I can I can play 2K, my league with my best friend all I want. And 
make as many trades for as many first round picks as I want, but it is, it's never going to be, I would even say not even close to realistic. Well, of course not. Right. And in in terms of, in terms of what, what the job actually is. And so I, I think when we, when they talk about winning culture, I feel like we have, we have to agree with them and what they're saying. And obviously that's what they're trying to do, but still what they, I'll tell you what they can't say. What they can't say is what they can't say in this league, you only win a championship. If you have one of the three best players in the league and that that's it, unless you have the guy, you're not winning a title. So you have to be flexible well, they've got one. If you look at some of the age projections on Lillard, I, I don't know how long he's he going to be able to sustain the crap out of the ball. I, though, I know they're so know. well constructed, and Middleton and Lopez is underrated, and they are really good. Yeah, they're good, but, but, but although I will say Blazers did a great job with that. I think you, they got, and, and then the Holiday thing, they got a ton for Holiday. Point point being, you got to have the guy. Yeah, sorry, sorry. you got to have the guy, and and you don't know how you can get the guy if you're going to get a disgruntled star who's going to demand a trade. It's maintaining that kind of flexibility. And they don't have the guy right now. They've got some pretty good players, but they don't have that guy. So same question to the general manager, Mark Eversley. What is that goal of winning a championship? How how does that affect you and how top of mind is it? I think when you walk in the door and you see the six championships and you see all the banners and you see the retired jerseys in the Advocate Center, that's what fuels us, right? We want to be part of something like that. We want to build something like that. We want to create memories for you guys. Um, that's what fuels us every single night. Like I woke up two or three times in the middle of the night last night and just thought about like, what if we approach something this way? What if we approached it this way? What if we, you know, used our players in a different way? Like might we sit and talk with Billy today or this afternoon or whatever it might be? You know, how do we improve our scouting? How do we improve our evaluation of prospects? Um, you know, those are the things that fuel us every single day. I think when you, I think that's the as long as you see those trophies and know what the goal is, then half our work is done here. Just to make sure that the that it's 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 always understanding. Yeah, you can win forty two games, you can make the play in, you can win the mid season tournament NBA Cup, and that and we did talk a little bit about that. How that adds another goal and another trophy for them, but. It's, I, I think it's important that our sports teams in, in big cities are on the record stating that they know that they're not here just to make money, to fill the stadium, that, 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 that we can trust that the goal is having that parade. Yeah, and then that goes back to the, you know, the name of our podcast. Yep. And organizations win championships. I think, that is, I, I think that's objectively true. Uh, if Jordan wanted to use that as motivation Which, to win a, to win the Bulls a championship, good good for him. Whatever it takes. God, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I know he's, the, you know, basketball Mount Rushmore, just royalty, one of the greatest players of all time. I'm I, I'm really going on the media about this now. Now I'm going to get some. Well, get what some do you? What's, what's your point? Eh. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to say more than this. What, that he's a loon? No, LeBron is the GOAT. That's what I, that's where I was going. Yeah, but I mean, you, you know, yeah, you, the, 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 that, I, that's how I feel. However, yeah. I know there are going to be idiots coming after me, but 
I think that's just so corny to use that as motivation to try to win a championship. Saying that, God, it was there was more. It was much more trivial stuff than that. I think. So also, how are they going to get there? Is the question. How are they? What are they going to do to make it more likely that they're a better basketball team? And we spent how many times looking at box scores and And three point shooting and rim protection. Well, and playing faster. I think they talked about that a little bit. And decrying this lack of threes. And AK even said it to us. He said, by their math, the difference in three points, three point field goals attempted and made was so stark that they were basically starting games down eight and a half points at times. That's that was the difference with three being more than two. And it sounds so simple to understand that three is more than two. And every year we, we would sit here, you know, we've done, this is, this is 41 podcasts we've done. Yeah. And how many times have we said, God, do they 49. realize, oh do, God. It, do wow. they realize three is more than two? As you're going to hear from Arturis Karnaschovas, the answer obviously is yes, they get that. So it's a good topic for us to kind of like expand as well. So we obviously have to address our shooting profile, right? So we were, you know, lowest three-point rate, lowest three-point point, you know, made last year. And we trying to, you know, to change the shooting profile and then play a little faster, um, you know, move the ball better. But playing a little faster is going to create more three-point, you know, three-point attempts because, you know, a lot of three-point attempts created in our league or on a fast break because those are open threes and that's what we all and obviously corner threes are most valuable shots in the league so it's- he knows it and when i talked a little bit off the air with them about x's and o stuff when they talk about getting into the paint it's also entering the ball into the paint and trying to run some stuff through vooch and but trying to I wouldn't they yeah they're going to he's a great he's big he can see the floor he he's not Jokic nowhere near it but he he's a good he's an above average facilitator as I, I don't want to say a five because basketball is more positionless but he's an under he's an undervalued passer as a big man and I I hope they the Bulls value that too they do he's a I willing will, passer yes. yeah I will I will also say I think the Bulls did an okay job this offseason of addressing three-point shooting. Javon Carter shot, what, 41% last year from three? Torrey Craig, is I, I think he had a pretty good year last year beyond the arc. And if you're looking at guys that are off the roster now, such as Derek Jones Jr., I mean, he'd make one if he was wide open. But I, st- I Torrey Craig's a better shooter than Derek Jones mm-hmm. Jr. Not, yes. not quite the athlete, but, but I, I think he fits what they need more in a, in a wing or a forward. And... I I like Javon Carter. Maybe Kobe White will take a step up, or maybe Patrick Williams will shoot more of them. And last, but certainly not least, probably the most crucial, and I think we'll get to this, DeMar needs to take more of them. And he can say all he wants. Yes, he's one of the one of the greatest mid-range shooters of all time, and one of the great probably one of the best NBA scorers there there's ever been. He's up there. When it just comes to individual scoring, he can do that. It's just he needs to do it in a fashion that plays to 
not only what the Bulls need to do, but what everybody in the league is doing. Because so I asked Mark Eversley about it directly. I I, 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 I said exactly what you said and, and asked him, how do they optimize DeMar? I think you said it. I mean, ultimately, it's about winning. And I think whether DeMar has to adjust his game a tiny bit or a lot, I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to win. And I think if we win, um, he'll be happy. His teammates will be happy. Fans will be happy. We'll be happy. Um, might he have to adjust his game a little bit, shoot more threes? Perhaps. Um, he's one of the best mid-range. He's got one of the best mid-range games in the whole league. Ever. And, you know, it's a relationship with Billy and he that they will figure out. Um, and that'll happen through conversations. Um, that'll happen through um, Nashville next week. And as we go through the preseason and into the, early on into the season, um, you said it. He's a smart guy. He's a really, really smart guy. I think you, you said it. I mean, ultimately, it's about winning. And I think yeah. whether Ooh. DeMar has to adjust his game a tiny bit or a lot, I mean, it's at the end of the day, we all want to win. And I think if we win, um, he'll be happy. This is Luke. Yep. yep. But, that's, but that's, that is great to hear. It's great to hear from somebody in charge. He may have to just adjust his game a little bit. I don't think it's a may. The fact that he's even saying that he might have to and mentions whether it's a little bit or a lot, he's saying without saying it, we are going to we're going to do our best to make sure Demar takes a few more threes. I'm, I it's not his. It's not one of his biggest strengths in fact it's probably one of the weaker points of his game when it just not just the volume of three-point shots but even the ability it seems mm-hmm. like whenever he's he not great at one, it right it seems whenever it seems whenever he steps on the line he's immediately better it's like a 2k a plus rating for mid-range and then d minus for three eh, not d minus probably probably c for threes and i i just think that he, he doesn't have to take as many as Zach takes. I want Zach. No, to no, 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 no. I'm, I'm okay with Zach shooting 12 threes a game. If DeMar shoots three threes per game and makes one of them, eh, I, I, I would prefer if he shot maybe five. Well, the attempted five, and he made one to two of those per game, I think is a reasonable shot. You know, 34% that over is, the year, uh, over a higher volume. Not- I think that could be... That, that could help them so much. And even just with floor spacing and other, and other people getting open and say he makes a couple, they have the people have to step in. Maybe they start double teaming out there and then somebody else, somebody else opens up. I think if DeMar just changes, I, I guess we shouldn't say a lot. He shouldn't change his whole game because he's old. We, he shouldn't reinvent himself completely but if he can just adjust a little bit to the 2023 2024 nba i think it can uh, is it going to make them win a championship this season i i highly 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 doubt it but i think it it's uh, i think it's progress if he attempts more and shoots an okay percentage for somebody who is not a great three-point shooter something else that karnashovas brought up was the idea of him being more of a, a facilitator too. So I don't think the adaptation to his game is just about three-point shooting. He mentioned that he he was a primary facilitator for the Spurs. So we look at the season that he had there under Pop. We also look at the 2018 season yeah, that he that had, was it, we did right? in Toronto That's when he Toronto. shot, shot like four, yeah, shot like four threes. 
a night. One of his best statistical seasons ever, right? So I think think finding a little little bit around both of those things could make an enormous difference. I want to play one more cut before we take a look at the... One thing real quick, is that all right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot this episode, but you also were the one that got to talk to them. So I so yeah. I want to comment on it. I when I think of Demar as a facilitator or him growing as a facilitator, I just think of Patrick Williams because I feel like so many times Patrick was open, whether he was cutting to the basket, which he probably wasn't because he loved that short corner, but. I feel like Patrick's guy was always the one that would double DeMar because they knew he wasn't going to pass it to him. So I just, I think that, I think that they might be hinting at Patrick having a bigger role with DeMar as a facilitator. Has to maybe actually some screen roll uh, actions wouldn't necessarily be that bad an idea either. Uh, Mark Eversley said one more thing that really piqued my interest when he talked about how And I asked him, we were trying to figure out why they went to Nashville. Why right now they're having training camp in Nashville. And he mentioned to us, and this was unsolicited, he mentioned to us that a consistent theme that they heard in their exit interviews from players was that they felt disconnected last year, that they didn't necessarily feel like a tight-knit team. So I pressed a little bit further about what Eversley meant by that and how they interpreted it. It's almost like you just show up and you go to work, you come, you go home, you show up the next day and you come to work. And they love to play and, you know, our coaches left the coach and we were a team, but they didn't feel like they were really, really, really a team. And that is something that was important to us in the offseason to address. And we're addressing it from day one when we get to Nashville. And I- it's all... Yeah, I, I like the fact that they're that they're aware of it, that they listened, and frankly, there were times when it seemed like that on the court when there was we always would point out turn taking, or a reversion from ball movement to hero ball to to defaulting to isolation ball, and I don't know may, maybe some of that's directly responsible for it, maybe it's not, but the fact that they would at least consider the possibility of of being more aware of it and talking about that and making that a coaching point can't hurt could help it people can say anything they want about talent and that's true you said it earlier you need the guy to win a championship and there are a lot of teams that have done it already and there are a lot of teams that are on the brink of it who already have the guy and they just haven't gotten there yet. I, first team that comes to mind for me in that case would be the Mavericks and Luka Doncic. And they also, they now have a point guard that is, I mean, kind of not, not our favorite publicly, but it objectively is a very good basketball player in Kyrie Irving. But I think there is something to say about team chemistry and making sure everybody gets along because you, you don't have to be best friends off the court all the time. It's, it's a, I, I would say it's more so about on court and the, just time, when you spend time together, when, it, when you have a job to do on the court and spend time together, you guys, I think that people need to be in sync and on the same wavelength. I think the lack of team chemistry can result in not only locker room fights like we saw during that Minnesota game last year, 
but it could also it also results in turnovers and just bad basketball. So I I, I understand the motivation behind doing it, and it kind of seemed like it was out of the blue, but now that they were able to shed some light on it, I think they it seems like they did it for the right reasons. 